Hare Krishna, my dear devotees. Welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books right here in the live studios in the Haven, which is located in Hive, Kent, Southeast England, just a stone's throw from the English Channel. We're trying to purify the ether you know, the ether is all-pervading in the, this material world and it becomes polluted by mundane sound and mundane uh, thoughts and mundane activities. <clears throat> so the, the vibration of transcendental sound helps to purify the ether. So we're very happy that you all joined and we hope that you will keep uh, attending and that more people can hear this transcendental sound and become purified and uh, happy in this terrible times. We hope that you are all happy and safe and well. The Srimad Bhagavatam Mihima Stotram by Srila Sanatana Goswami <clears throat> explains it all. It goes like this. Sarva Sastrabdipi Yusha Sarva Vedaika Satpala, Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja, Sarva Lokaika Drikprada. O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana, Srimad Bhagavata Prabho. Kali Dvandoditaditya Sri Krishna Parivartita O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya Prema Varshakshadayate Sarvada Sarvasevyaya Shri Krishnaya Namostume. I bow down to you who were supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Shri Krishna Himself. Mareka Bando Matsangin Madguro Man Mahadana Manishtadagamad Bhagya Madananda Namostute, my only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu sadutadhyin, atini chuchitakara, hanamunchakadachinmam, premna ritkantayokspuda. O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So we reach the 11th chapter of the 4th canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. Um, we've just heard Swayambhava Manu glorify the Supreme Personality of Godhead wonderfully in his attempt to counsel uh, his grandson, uh, Dhruva Maharaj. And he's going to continue. I think he's going to complete his, his speech just now. We'll, we'll begin with text 27. <clears throat> My dear boy, Dhruva, please surrender under the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who is the ultimate goal of the progress of the world. Everyone, 
including the demigods headed by Brahma, <clears throat> is working under his control, just as a bull prompted by a rope in his nose is controlled by its owner. Purport The material disease is to declare independence from the Supreme Controller. Factually, our material existence begins when we forget the Supreme Controller and wish to lord it over material nature. Everyone in the material world is trying his best to become the Supreme Controller, individually, nationally, socially, and in many other ways. Dhruva Maharaj was advised to stop fighting by his grandfather, who was concerned that Dhruva was adhering to a personal ambition to fight, to, to annihilate the whole race of yakshas. In this verse, therefore, Swayambhubhamanu seeks to eradicate the last tinge of false ambition in Dhruva by explaining the position of the Supreme Controller. The, the words mrityum amritam, death and immortality, are significant. In Bhagavad Gita, the Lord says, I am ultimate death who takes away everything from the demons. The demons' business is to continually struggle for existence as lords over material nature. The demons repeatedly meet death after death and create a network of involvement in the material world. The Lord is death for the demons, but for the devotees He is Amrita, eternal life. Devotees who render continuous service to the Lord have already attained immortality. For whatever they are doing in this life, they will continue to do in the next. They will simply change their material bodies for spiritual bodies. Unlike the demons, they no longer have to change material bodies. The Lord, therefore, is simultaneously death and immortality. Unlike the demons, they no longer have to change material bodies. The Lord, therefore, is simultaneously death and immortality. He is death for demons and immortality for devotees. He is the ultimate goal of everyone because he is the cause of all causes. Dhruva Maharaj was advised to surrender unto him in all respects without keeping any personal ambition. <clears throat> One may put forward the argument, why are the demigods worshipped? The, the answer is given here that the demigods are worshipped by less intelligent men. The, demi the demigods themselves accept sacrifices for the ultimate satisfaction of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Text 28 My dear Dhruva, at the age of only five years, you were very grievously inflicted by the words of your mother's co-wife, and, and you very boldly gave up the protection of your mother and went to the forest to engage in the yogic process for realization of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. As a result of this, you have already achieved the topmost position in all the three worlds. Purport Manu was very proud that Dhruva Maharaj was one of the descendants of his, in his family because at the age of only five years, Dhruva began meditating upon the Supreme Personality of Godhead and within six months he was able to see the Supreme Lord face to face. Factually, Dhruva Maharaj is the glory of the Manu dynasty or the human family. The human family begins from Manu. The Sanskrit word for man is Manusha, which means descendant of Manu. Not only is Dhruva Maharaj the glory of the family of Swayambhuva Manu, but he is the glory of the entire human society.
because Dhruva Maharaj had already surrendered to the Supreme Godhead, he was especially requested not to do anything unbefitting a surrendered soul. Text 29 My dear Dhruva, please, therefore, turn your attention to the Supreme Person who is the infallible Brahman. Face the Supreme Personality of Godhead in your original position and thus by self-realization you will find this material differentiation to be merely flickering. Purport The living entities have three kinds of vision according to their positions in self-realization. According to the bodily concept of life, one sees differentiation in terms of varieties of bodies. The living entity actually passes through many varieties of material forms, but despite all such changes of body, he is eternal. When living entities therefore are viewed in the bodily concept of life, one appears to be different from another. Lord Manu wanted to change the vision of Dhruva Maharaj, who was looking upon the yakshas as different from him or as his enemies. Factually, no one is an enemy or a friend. Everyone is passing through different types of bodies under the law of karma. But as soon as one is situated in his spiritual identity, he does not see differentiation in terms of this law. In other words, as stated in Bhagavad Gita, 1854, Brahmabhutak prasanatma, nashochati nakankshati, samak sarveshu bhuteshu, madbhaktim labate param. A devotee who was already liberated does not see differentiation in terms of the outward body. He sees all living entities as spirit souls, eternal servants of the Lord. Dhruva Maharaj was advised by Lord Manu to see with that vision. He was specifically advised to do so because he was a great devotee and should not have looked upon other living entities with ordinary vision. Indirectly, Manu pointed out to Dhruva Maharaj that out of material affection, Dhruva thought of his brother as his kin and the yakshas as his enemies. Such observation of differentiation sub subsides as soon as one is situated in his original position as an eternal servant of the Lord. Text 30 thus regaining your natural position and rendering service under the Supreme Lord, who is the all-powerful reservoir of all pleasure and who lives in all living entities as the Supersoul, you will very soon forget the illusory understanding of I and my. Purport Dhruva Maharaj was already a liberated person <coughs> because at the age of five years he had seen the Supreme Personality of Godhead. But even though liberated, he was for the time being afflicted by the illusion of Maya, thinking himself the brother of Uttama in the bodily concept of life. The whole material world is working on the basis of I and mine. This is the root of attraction to the material world. If one is attracted by this root of illusory conceptions, I and mine, he will have to remain within this material world in different exalted or nasty positions. By the grace of Lord Krishna, the sages and Lord by the grace of Lord Krishna, 
the sages and Lord Manu remind Dhruva Maharaj that he should not continue this material conception of I and mine. Simply by devotional service unto the Lord, his illusion can be eradicated without difficulty. Text 31 My dear King, just consider what I have said to you, which will act as medicinal treatment upon disease. Control your anger, for anger is the foremost enemy on the path of spiritual realization. I wish all good fortune for you. Please follow my instructions. Purport Dhruva Maharaj was a liberated soul, and actually he was not angry with anyone. But because he was the ruler, it was his duty to become angry for some time in order to keep law and order in the state. His brother, Uttama, was without fault, yet he was killed by one of the yakshas. It, it was the duty of Dhruva Maharaj to kill the offender, life for life, because Dhruva was the king. When the challenge came, Dhruva Maharaj fought vehemently and punished the yakshas severely. But anger is such that if one increases it, it increases unlimitedly. In order that Dhruva Maharaja's kingly anger not exceed the limit, Manu was kind enough to check his grandson. Dhruva Maharaj could understand the purpose of his grandfather and he immediately stopped the fighting. The words Shrutena Bhuya Shah by constantly hearing are very important in this verse. By constantly hearing about devotional service, one can check the force of anger which is detrimental to the process of devotional service. Srila Parikshit Maharaj said that the constant hearing of the pastimes of the Lord is the panacea for all material diseases. Everyone, therefore, should hear about the Supreme Personality of Godhead constantly. By hearing, one, by hearing, one can always remain in equilibrium and thus his progress in spiritual life will not be hampered. Dhruva Maharaja's becoming angry with the miscreants was quite appropriate. There is a short story in this connection about a snake who became a devotee upon instruction by Narada, who instructed him not to bite anymore. Since ordinarily a snake's business is to fatally bite other living entities, as a devotee he was forbidden to do so. Unfortunately, people took advantage of this non-violence on the part of the snake, especially the children, who began to throw stones at him. He did not bite anyone, however, because it was the instruction of his spiritual master. After a while, when the snake met his spiritual master Narada, he complained, I have given up the bad habit of biting innocent living entities, but they are mistreating me by throwing stones at me. <laughs> Upon hearing this, Narada Muni instructed him, Don't bite, <clears throat> but do not forget to expand your hood as if you were going to bite. Then they will go away. Similarly, a devotee is always nonviolent. He is qualified with all good characteristics. But in the common world, when there is mischief made by others, he should not forget to become angry, at least for the time being, in order to drive away the miscreants. Text 32 A person who desires liberation from this material world should not fall under the control of anger because when bewildered by anger one becomes a source of dread for all others. Purport A devotee or saintly person should not be dreadful to others. 
nor should anyone be a source of dread to him. If one treats others with non-enmity, then no one will be his enemy. There is the example, however, of Jesus Christ, who had enemies, and they crucified him. The demonic are always present, and they find fault even in saintly persons. But a saintly person never becomes angry, even if there is very great provocation. Text 33 My dear Dhruva, you thought that the Yakshas killed your brother, and therefore you have killed great numbers of them. But by this action, you have agitated the mind of Lord Shiva's brother, Kuvera, who was the treasurer of the demigods. Please note that your actions have been very disrespectful to Kuvera and Lord Shiva. Purport Lord Manu stated that Dhruva Maharaj had been offensive to Lord Shiva and his brother Kuvera because the Yakshas belonged to Kuvera's family. They were not ordinary persons. As such, they have been described as punya janan, pious men. Somehow or other, the mind of Kuvera had been agitated and Dhruva Maharaj was advised to pacify him. Text 34 For this reason, my son, you should immediately pacify Kuvera with gentle words and prayers, and thus his wrath may not affect our family. In our common dealings, purport, in our common dealings, we should maintain friendship with everyone, and certainly with such exalted demigods as Kuvera. Our behavior should be such that no one should become angry and thereby commit a wrong to individuals, families, or society. Text 35 Thus, Swayambhuvamanu after giving instructions to Dhruva Maharaj, his grandson, received respectful obeisances from him. Then Lord Manu and the great sages went back to their respective homes. Thus end the Bhaktivedanta purports of the fourth canto, eleventh chapter of Srimad Bhagavatam entitled, Swayambhuva Manu advises Dhruva Maharaj to stop fighting. All glories to Swayambhuva Manu. Those were incredible glorifications and descriptions of the Supreme Absolute Truth, the Personality of Godhead. On all glories to Dhruva Maharaj, his grandson, for accepting them and doing the needful. Hare Krishna. Okay. Let us move on to chapter 12. Dhruva Maharaj goes back to Godhead. Text 1 <clears throat> The great sage Maitreya said My dear Vidura Dhruva Maharaja's anger subsided and he completely ceased killing yakshas When Kuvera the most blessed master of the treasury learned this news he appeared before Dhruva while being worshipped by yakshas Kinaras and Charanas, he spoke to Dhruva Maharaj, who stood before him with folded hands. Text 2. <clears throat> the mastery of the treasury, Kuvera said, O sinless son of a Chatriya, I am very glad to know that under the instruction of your grandfather you have given up your enmity, although, although it is very difficult to avoid. I am very pleased with you. Text 3 Actually, you have not killed the Yakshas, nor have they killed your brother. 
for the ultimate cause of generation and annihilation is the eternal time feature of the Supreme Lord. Purport When the master of the treasury addressed him as sinless, Dhruva Maharaj, considering himself responsible for killing so many yakshas, might have thought himself otherwise. Kuvera, however, assured him that factually he had not killed any of the yakshas. Therefore, he was not at all sinful. He did his duty as a king, as it is ordered by the laws of nature. Nor should you think that your brother was killed by the yakshas, said Kuvera. He died or was killed in due course of time by the laws of nature. Eternal time, one of the, one of the features of the Lord, is ultimately responsible for annihilation and generation. You are not responsible for such actions. Text 4. Misidentification of oneself and others as I and you on the basis of the bodily concept of life is a product of ignorance. This bodily concept is the cause of repeated birth and death and it makes us go on continuously in material existence. Purport The conception of I and you, aham tuam, as separate from each other, is due to our forgetfulness of our eternal relationship with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The Supreme Person, Krishna, is the central point and all of us are His parts and parcels. Just as hands and legs are parts and parcels of the whole body, when we actually come to this understanding of being eternally related to the Supreme Lord, this distinction, which is based on the bodily concept of life, cannot exist. The same example can be cited herewith. The hand is the hand and the leg is the leg. But when both of them engage in the service of the whole body, there, are no, there is no distinction as hands and legs. For all of them belong to the whole body and all the parts, and all the parts working together constitute the whole body. Similarly, when the living entities are in Krishna consciousness, there is no distinction as I and you, because everyone is engaged in the service of the Lord. Since the Lord is absolute, the services are also absolute. Even though the hand is working one way and the leg is working in another way, since the purpose is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, they are all one. This is not to be confused with the statement by the Mayavadi philosopher that everything is one. Real knowledge is that the hand is hand, leg is leg, body is body, and yet altogether they are one. As soon as the living entity thinks that he is independent, his conditional material existence begins. The conception of independent existence is therefore like a dream. One has to be in Krishna consciousness, his original position, then he can be freed from material bondage. Text 25 My dear Dhruva, come forward. May the Lord always grace you with good fortune. The Supreme Personality of Godhead who is beyond our sensory perception, is the Supersoul of all living entities, and thus all entities are one without distinction. Begin, therefore, to render service under the transcendental form of the Lord, who is the ultimate shelter of all living entities. PURPORT Here the word vigraham, having specific form, is very significant, for it indicates 
that the Absolute Truth is ultimately the Supreme Personality of Godhead. That is explained in the Brahma Sangita, Satchidananda Bigraha. He has form, but his form is different from any kind of material form. The living entities are the marginal energy of the Supreme Form. As such, they are not different from the Supreme Form, but at the same time, they are not equal to the Supreme Form. Dhruva Maharaj is advised herewith to render service under the Supreme Form. That will include service to other individual forms. For example, a tree has a form, and when water is poured on the root of the tree, the other forms, the leaves, twigs, flowers, and fruits, are automatically watered. The Mayavadi conception that because the Absolute Truth is everything, he must be formless, is rejected here. Rather, it is confirmed that the Absolute Truth has form, and yet he is all-pervading. Nothing is independent of him. Text 6 <clears throat> Engage yourself fully, therefore, in the devotional service of the Lord, for only He can deliver us from this entanglement of materialistic existence. Although the Lord is attached to his material potency, he is aloof from her activities. Everything in this material world is happening by the inconceivable potency of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Purport In continuation of the previous verse, it is specifically mentioned here that Dhruva Maharaj should engage himself in devotional service. Devotional service cannot be rendered to the impersonal Brahman feature of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Whenever the word Bajashwa, Bajaswa appears, meaning engage yourself in devotional service, there must be the servant, service, and the served. The Supreme Personality of Godhead is served. The mode of activities to please Him is called service, and one who renders such service is called the servant. Another significant feature in this verse is that only the Lord and no one else is to be served. That is confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita, Mame Kam Sharanam Braja. There is no need to serve the demigods who are just like the hands and legs of the Supreme Lord. When the Supreme Lord is served, the hands and legs of the Supreme Lord are automatically served. There is no need of separate service. As stated in Bhagavad Gita 12.7, Tesham Aham Samudartha Mrityu Sangsarasagarad. This means that the Lord, in order to show specific favor to the devotee, directs the devotee from within in such a way that ultimately he is delivered from the entanglement of material existence. No one but the Supreme Lord can help the living entity be, be delivered from the entanglement of this material world. The material energy is a manifestation of one of the Supreme Personality of Godhead's varieties of potencies, Parasya Shaktir, Vividaiva Shuryate. This material energy is one of the Lord's potencies, as much as heat and light are potencies of, of fire. The material energy is not different from the Supreme Godhead, but at the same time, He has nothing to do with the material energy. The living entity, who was of the marginal energy, is entrapped by the material energy on the basis of his desire to lord it over the material world. The Lord is aloof from this. But when the same living entity, himself 
engages himself again. The Lord is aloof from this, but when the same living entity engages himself in the devotional service of your Lord, then he becomes attached to this service. This situation is called yuktam. For devotees of the Lord, for devotees, the Lord is present, even in the material energy. There is the inconceivable potency of the Lord. This is the inconceivable potency of the Lord. Material energy acts in the, in the three modes of material qualities, which produce the action and reaction of material existence. Those who are not devotees become involved in such activities, whereas devotees who are dovetailed with the Supreme Personality of Godhead are freed from such action and reaction of the material energy. The Lord is therefore described herewith as Bhavachidham, one who can give deliverance from the entanglement of material existence. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. His Bhaktivedanta purports Ki Jai. Okay, it's 8 o'clock, believe it or not. It's 8 o'clock. That's 35, almost 40 minutes. We'll stop our reading for tonight and begin tomorrow with chapter 12, text 7. And we will patiently wait for the reflections of the assembled devotees. Hare Krishna. Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai. This is from Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Yeah. Yes, Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Jai Maharaj, Hare Krishna to all the assembled sages. All glories to Prabhupada, Sri the Prabhupada, and Sri Mabhagavatam. Jai, Hare Krishna. And from Chitraleka Saki Devi Dasi. <coughs> Chitraleka Saki Devi Dasi, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj, please accept our humble obeisances. Jai, and all glories to His Divine Grace, and to your service to Him for hearing. And from Rati Manjari? Yes, Rati. Jai Guru Maharaj. Jai, Haribo. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, 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 Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. From Ananda Murti. Ananda Murti, Hare Krishna. Dear Guru Maharaj and all assembled devotees, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Jai Srila Prabhupada. Today I heard, quote, If one is attracted by this root of illusory conceptions, I and mine, he will have to remain within this material world in different exalted or nasty positions. By the grace of Lord Krishna, the sages and Lord Manu reminded Dhruva Maharaj that he should not continue this material conception of I and mine. Simply by devotional service unto the Lord, his illusion could be eradicated without difficulty. Yes. You've picked up the essence. That was the essence of the whole reading. Yes. Wonderful. And the part that anger plays in that delusion was also emphasized 
greatly. So it is our duty as parts and parcels of Krishna to try strenuously to control our anger. Dhruva's anger, as it was pointed out by Swayam Bhubamanu, was justified because he was the king, you know, and one of the yakshas had killed his brother. But he went over the line, even as a king, he went over the line and were and was killing innocent uh, people, at least people who had nothing to do with the killing of his brother. So that is the lesson again and again taught by the Gita and Bhagavatam. Gita specifically says that there are three gates leading to hell. Lust, anger, and greed. All sane men must give them up because they lead to the degradation of the soul. So once again, we see how the Bhagavatam is unpacking, giving, giving details of the instructions of Bhagavad Gita by Sri Krishna himself. So many times in all of these purports, Prabhupada is pointing to the Supreme Personality of Godhead and His devotional service. So, let us take it seriously. Hare Krishna. This was also from Anandamurti. Yes, Anandamurti. Thank you so much for reading so important essence of this spiritual information. Yesterday, two Krishna book and four canto and one small book distributed at lunch break by your mercy. <laughs> Home taught sat. Very nice. It's so lovely to hear of your successes in distributing Srila Prabhupada's books, even on your lunch break. I wonder if you ever eat. <laughs> you become a great sage, great, great tapasvi. Hare Krishna. Very pleasing. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Hare Krishna. Next is from Subarao. Yes, Subarao. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances and all glories to Srila Prabhupada. Jai. Thank you very much for your daily reading so we could tune in and listen. One of the gems is from 4.11.31, purport. Mm. Quote, By constantly hearing about devotional service, one can check the force of anger, which is detrimental to the process of devotional service. Mm. Srila Parikshit Maharaj said that the constant hearing of the pastimes of the Lord is the panacea for all material diseases. Everyone, therefore, should hear about the Supreme Personality of Godhead constantly. By hearing, one can always remain in equilibrium, and thus his progress in spiritual life will not be hampered. Unquote. Thank you for your reading again. Well, thank you for completing my thought. You just completed my thought very nicely. Thank you so much. We can avoid these three gates to hell by constantly hearing the Srimad Bhagavatam and the other books that uh, glorify the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Thank you so much. Daily Doses of Spiritual Wisdom, Ki Jai. Ki Jai, thank you. Next is from Koladvipati. Haribo Koladvipati. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada in these transcendentally enlightening daily readings, which are nourishing all of us in our spiritual lives. Mm -hmm. A point that stood out for me in one of the purports. Quote, the word Shrutena Bhuyasa, by constantly hearing, are very important in this verse. By constantly hearing, one can check the force of anger which is detrimental to the process of devotional service. Mm. Srila Parikshit Maharaj said that the constant hearing of the pastimes of the Lord is the panacea for all material diseases. Mm. Unquote. 
appreciating how this is a point that you repeatedly make. Seems like it's starting to sink in a little. <laughs> well, that was the point about time. We heard about time in this reading tonight and how time is relentless. It's always there and it's always destroying in everything. So because of the nature of time, if we don't continue to hear constantly, we will forget. Therefore, it's not just advisable, it's, an, it's not an option, it's essential. We have to, as Prabhupada said, somehow or other, organize your life in such a way as you can be always thinking of Krishna. Then you will each reach perfection, surely. Hare Krishna. And from Anandamurti? Yes, Anandamurti. Yes, Maharaj, I eat every day in 10 minutes during lunch break <laughs> and run for distribution by bicycle. <laughs> in other words, you don't live to eat, you eat to live. Hare Krishna. You don't waste time. Thank you very much. And from Daitari Hari? Yes, Daitari Hari. Hare Krishna Maharaj, thanks for tonight's reading. Mm. There is a very instructive statement from Prabhupada tonight in which he elaborates a point made in the verse of text 32 of the previous chapter. Quote, a devotee or saintly person should not be dreadful to others, mm. nor should anyone be a source of dread to him. Mm. If one treats others with non-enmity, then no one will become his enemy. That's a really instructive lesson. Absolutely. But the nature of the material world is, as proven by Yudhishthira Maharaj, whose enemy was never born, that means that he never saw everybody, anybody as an enemy. Still, he had lots of enemies. Because when you serve and when you take, especially when you take responsibility in this material world, especially when you take up the preaching of Krishna consciousness, there will be many, many people who are thinking that they're your enemies. And Prabhupada used the example of Jesus Christ in the purport to illustrate this, didn't he? They crucified him. His only crime was glorifying God the Father, Hare Krishna. So you have to expect that there will be enemies if you take devotional service uh, seriously, and especially the spreading of devotional service by preaching the glories of the Lord seriously. This is the austerity of the devotees. It's not necessarily going out like Dhruvad Maharaj did into the forest, you know, and learning how to control the breathing and stop eating as, as austerities in service to the Lord. The preaching of the glories of the Lord to others and trying to uplift uh, the, the population of the material world to the spiritual plane is the greatest austerity and most pleasing austerity to the Lord. Hare Krishna. And this is the rest of his comment. Mm. Prabhupada goes on to say, quote, There is the example, however, of Jesus Christ mm. who had enemies and they crucified him. Mm. The demonic are always present and they find fault even in saintly persons. But a saintly person never becomes angry, even if there is very great provocation. On a personal level, I can say that going out and doing missionary activities or service in the temple to facilitate the mission are the easy part, but to actually behave like a saintly person is extremely difficult. Thank you very much. You, I completed your sentence that time. Thank you so much. Hare Krishna. Next is from Nanda Kumar. Yes, Nanda Kumar. Hare Bo. Hope you're safe and sound back in Switzerland. Hare Krishna Maharaj, thank you for being steady as the lines on a stone. Mm. I like the beginning of 1127 purport. Quote, the material disease is to declare independence from the Supreme Controller. Factually, our material existence begins when we forget the Supreme Controller. 
mm. and wish to lord it over material nature. Yes. Yes, thank you. Thank you for that. A, a real gem. And from Rati Manjari? Yes, Rati. Catching the tail end of the nectarian reading and happy to be with you and the devotees for even a short while. Well, very good. We're very happy that you take time in your busy schedule to do this because it's the essence as we heard again tonight. This is the essence, constant hearing. Every day, constant can be regular or, or all the time or daily. If we daily hear, uh, it helps us immensely. And I thank all of you for your wonderful mining of the purports and bringing out the gem, gems and the jewels to look at so we can all see them from different angles. This is so pleasing to Srila Prabhupada. He spent so much time and energy, uh, such great austerity he, he, he did. He would get up in the middle of the night to write these books so that we're paying attention to them as we are, is very dear to him, pleases him so much. So thank you all very much. Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Samaveda Bhaktavrinda ki jai. Gaur Premanandi Hari Hari Bo. And see you tomorrow night, same time, same place, same topic. And we'll hear, I think tomorrow, about the glorious um, departure of Dhruva Maharaj for the spiritual world. See you tomorrow. Hare Krishna.